Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. If you're looking for news, tips, and stories about fishing the Great Lakes, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Chris Larson. Welcome to Fishhawk Live. Uh, We're excited to have Captain Jamie Shane on the show tonight, and we're going to be talking lots of uh, Lake Huron, a little bit of Lake Erie. Jamie Shane is a charter captain out of Ontario, Canada, with Sporty Two Charters. Jamie, thanks for joining the show. Thanks for having me, Chris. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your charter to get started here, Jamie. Uh, well, uh, I've been chartered. I'm just going to be my 14th year uh, coming up this season. If we can ever get out with this, uh, all these COVID rules, and uh, hopefully we can get going here soon. Um, I charter out of uh, Kettle Point in uh, Southern Lake Huron. That's Kettle Point, Ontario. Um, they're usually from ice out, which is usually mid-April, and I'm usually there first to mid part of June, and then I moved to uh, Erio. Uh, that's my home away from home. Uh, it's a beautiful little spot there, and uh, just outside of Blenheim, Ontario. Uh, just a great little town there. Some excellent fishing. Awesome, Jamie. Tell us a little bit about uh, when you, we're going to talk here on first, and I think that's uh, yeah. what a lot of people are interested in because it's just not something that you hear a lot about it anymore these days. Everybody seems to be pretty focused on Ontario and Lake Michigan and Lake Erie, even Lake Superior. We don't hear a whole lot about. So it was really good to have you on to tell us a little bit about Lake Huron. What's going on there? I know a lot of people know that uh, kind of the bait fish collapsed about two decades ago, and the fishery is still kind of recovering from that. Yeah, so we had uh, the big collapse in, uh, I guess, around 2003, 2004. Um, we lost pretty much all our alewife uh, due to the uh, zebra mussels and the uh, most recently the the, the quagga mussels. Uh, they uh, they pretty much and the gobies too. They they've all had had played a part in. Uh, the, the loss of the alewife and the smelt. Um, things are starting to come back. Uh, I'm marking a lot of smelt out there this year, like more more bait than I've ever ever seen out there ever. So not the alewife, but uh, at least we got something and uh, the fish are coming in. Their bellies are full of nice size smelt. Uh, the lakers are right full of gobies. So yeah, things are looking up. So right now it looks like uh, the bait fish, as far as you're concerned and what you're seeing, have, have started to recover and the fishery's going and, and, and things are going well out there. It's, you, you made it sound, we talked before the interview started, like uh, this could be a banner year on Lake Huron. Yeah, um, so we, we get a lot of help from our hatchery. Uh, the Blue Water Anglers out of Sarnia, they, they hatch, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of rainbow trout. Uh, uh, a lot of brown trout and a lot of Chinook salmon. So if it wasn't for them, uh, I don't know where we'd be. Um, they, they, they sure do uh, a lot of hard work for us uh, anglers out there and help us out a lot. Um, a, a few years ago, like 10 years ago, like a, a nine-pound fish would win the derby, 10-pound fish. Uh, now now we're starting to see fish uh, uh, in, in the late teens uh, and uh, summer, summer we caught around 20 pounds. So that's that's really good for us. Yeah, it's a good sign to see those fish uh, packing on some weight and and looking healthy. And folks, if you're watching tonight, I know uh, Jamie was really kind of worried about tonight with the Leafs playing in Toronto, and uh, you know <laughs> things things are exciting in Ontario right oh, now. Yeah. 
everybody's uh, keeping an eye on what's going on over there. But if you're watching tonight, you got some questions for Jamie Shane, please put them in the comments, whether you're watching uh, from YouTube or on Facebook. And as we always do, we will pick the question of the night tonight, and that winner uh, will win a Fishhawk swag bag with the Fishhawk hat and lots of other Fishhawk uh, gear and stuff to, to kind of tag around and show your Fishhawk pride. And, hey, if you're from Ontario – don't worry about that. We're happy to ship it over to Ontario. And I know a lot of these places, they don't like to give prizes to our Canadian friends, but uh, we got no problems with that. So tell us about your program, Jamie, when you're out there, uh, your trolling program in April and May. Uh, what does it look like when you're out there trolling Lake Huron? So Lake Huron's uh, our program's a little bit different uh, at our end of the lake than uh, your typical programs in uh, Lake Ontario and uh Lake Michigan. We're mostly uh, mostly a spoon, uh, mostly using spoons. We're, we're not huge into the the flashers and flies, uh, the cup bait and stuff like that. It's it's mostly a spoon bite. Um, that being said, I do run. I always have at least one flasher fly or cup bait out there, and uh, they do work. But just the spoons seem to be uh, uh, more productive. What are, what are some of your favorite spoons when you're out trolling in this time of year out on, on here on here on Jamie? Um, obviously, I'm, I'm using these Great Lake spoons. They're they're a company that's been around for a while, but they, they've really uh, made a name for themselves here in the last few years. Um, they make amazing spoons. Uh, you know the Magnums and uh, Minis, and, and we're not like. We're all over the board here with with our spoons. Uh, it's it's not uh, a magnum at early in the year. It might be you know maybe a mini one day, or the next day it could be a magnum. It, it, there's all different si uh, sizes of bait out there, so uh, depends day to day. Well, what kind of how you got your rod set up, Jamie? What are you running to get your lines up? Uh, I'm usually I'm running three downriggers. Uh, I'm gonna run a couple of dipsies out each side sometime. Yeah, usually two for the two on each side for the salmon. Uh, usually uh, some top water baits, a flat lining on one side on the planer boards, and uh, gotta have lead core out there. So usually a spread of lead core out there on the other side of the boards. All right, we're starting to get a few questions in, and Rick Bauer he wants to know what is the best speed now compared to later on in the year. So. Speed's funny out there. Uh, a lot of people wouldn't realize it, but there there is a lot of current out there uh, around Kettle Point. Uh, I like keeping around early in the year, like two three to two six, in, in there for the salmon. Maybe a little slower for the Lakers, but uh, that's where your fish hawk comes in handy. Because uh, the other night I was out there, I was doing one eight up on top, and I was doing three two down below. So. Was doing everything I could to get that big boat slowed down. Yeah, so some some big time changes in currents there. What is it like fishing out of Kettle Point, Jamie? What it, what kind of structure? What are you looking for when you're heading heading out of port? Uh, what's it look like on the graph as you're cruising out there? So uh, Kettle Point, um, it scares a lot of people. Uh, in the past, I know a lot of people don't like fishing around there because there's a lot of a lot of ups and downs out there, and, and you can get in a bit of trouble out there. Uh, but with the newer uh, GPS data, you can you can navigate so you you don't get too much trouble. Uh, 
there's a nice reef that heads out there off the point. Uh, there's some big drop-offs. Uh, there's, there's a lot of structure around Kettle Point, and uh, it, it, that structure holds a lot of bait, and in turn, the fish are there with the bait. So, uh, yeah, early in the morning, you're always in tight enough structure, working that structure, and then uh, as the day goes on, you might have to move out a little deeper. But, uh, yeah, Kettle Point's uh, the place to be. All right, and following up with that, uh, Hooch Mac from YouTube says, what structure are you looking for for big Lakers out at Kettle Point? Big Lakers at a Kettle Point. Well, um, we have a few sunken islands out there off Kettle Point. You'll see them on the on your uh, on your graph. Uh, there's two little circles just to the northeast tip of uh, Kettle Point. Usually around there is pretty good. Um Early spring, they could be in 25 feet of water. Um, they could be out in 80 feet of water. I got a few spots out there. Uh, not really so much structure. Just uh, I find hugging bottom for them is, is, is always good. Um, yeah, there, there has been some big Lakers caught there in the last few years, for sure. Well, big update, Jamie. Uh, the Leafs just lit the lamp on the power play. 3-2 to two with 13.08 to go, third period. Well, we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> we got a couple of hockey questions coming right in. Right on. Uh, we got uh, Walker wants to know if you're cheering for the Leafs or Habs. I'm an Oilers fan, so that's all. That's over. Uh, so I guess I I, gotta, I feel sorry for the Leafs. So, you, you know, you got to give them some support. It's, it's been so long. So I'm a little bit of a Leafs fan. All right. Yeah, Morkill says the Leafs are done for tonight, but that was before they uh, cut it to one. He wants to know, uh, since the Leafs are done, what uh, line do you prefer for lead core? Line for lead core. Um, I like the stealth core, uh, a little heavier, uh, the 27-pound test. It's just easier to uh, tie. It's just it's just the right size for, you know, for beginners to start out with. And uh, for everybody, it, it, it's – yeah, stealth core, I guess. All right. Uh, here's another one. Any tips for – you, you talked a little bit about those islands. Uh, any tips for locating Lakers on Huron besides depth? Uh, what about water temp and colors? Um, you're, so Lakers are a cold-water fish, of course, right? So – in this early in the spring, uh, they, they could be anywhere, right? Because you, you got that cold water from top to bottom. Uh, now we're starting to get some uh, some winds, and so we've had some warm weather. So that that water's we're starting to set up a little bit. We still need a few more winds there for it to set up a little more. But uh, yeah, just sent that colder water for sure. Uh, Lakers love bright colors. I find. Uh, the brighter, the ugliest, ugliest bait you can find in your box, they're, they're going to hit it. So when they're on, they're on. Captain Paul Powis was on the show a few weeks ago, and he just uh, messaged us and said he better be cheering for Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am. I just don't like telling a lot of people, right? So Darren Scott wants to know how far back you run your lead core and dipsies. Does it vary depending on the time of year? Uh, of course. Uh, so lead core, uh, if I'm running three or four at one side, uh, whether it's a uh, run a six, a four, a three, and a two, I stretch them all back. So if that sixth color is back 300 feet to get all that lead out, 
then the rest of them are at 300 feet back, right? So we don't get tangles. So you want all that lead in the um, you want all that lead in the water with a little bit of the backing in it too, right? So the lead core gets a little more action when you get it all get all that lead in the water. Um, so um, leads for uh, the dipsy divers, you know, they're, they're varying, right? So um, shorter leads if you want to run shallower, right? So um, and then as the year uh, the water sets up, we uh, we stretch them out a little bit. Here's another question kind of working off that. Uh, Joe Knighton wants to know, how do you run your flat lines off your planer boards? Do you use snap weights? Uh, he's also uh, would like to know how he knows how deep he's running. Um, so I'm typically using bombers. Uh, the long A's, uh, they, they dive to about six feet. So that's based, I think they dive six feet based on 100 feet. So if you're back a 120 feet you're still not getting much deeper than six feet so I, I usually stick around that 100 foot mark on all my uh, uh all my body baits uh up high there the flat line and some days i may stretch them out to 150 but 100 feet is all you need most days all right uh, here's another one from youtube and this is kind of an interesting question it's one that i haven't had yet on fish hawk live it's again from jay morekill i'd like to know what constitutes a successful charter for you successful charter well i i want to say a limit of fish right but that's not always the case uh you know it's fishing so not every trip uh, on huron of course you're going to get a limit uh lake erie uh, you're you're probably going to get a limit but that is that's not what matters it smiles on the face i just want to see people having fun uh yeah, I just, I just, I love seeing people uh, ride each other and uh, make fun of each other a little bit on there. The guy that's losing the fish, it's always one guy that's, uh, it's always has the bad luck, but he usually catches, ends up catching the, the big fish. So, uh, yeah, I, I just, I just want to see smiles on people's faces and people having fun. Jimmy, you've been fishing Lake Huron uh, for a long, long time. Uh, you fish Lake Erie as well. What's special about Lake Huron to you? Again, it's not one of those lakes that when people talk about the Great Lakes, they go, this is where you want to go. It's a little bit different fishery. What's special about Lake Huron to you? What makes you keep going back? So I, I pretty much grew up on uh, Lake Huron since I was a kid with my parents fishing out there uh, years ago back in the 80s. Uh, there was a, a group of uh, fishermen, like uh, husband-wife teams, and there's probably six or eight couples that my parents fished with all the time. And, uh, yeah, I just I looked forward to every Friday. I know I knew what I was doing every Friday in the spring and summer. Or after school, I'd get off the school bus, and uh, we were headed to Kettle Point for the weekend, and we were fishing. And Yeah, that, that's all right. Great memories as a kid doing that. Great memories as a kid and now as an adult. I know you, that you've got some some children and yes. you get out on the water with them. What's that like for you to, to be able to pass that on to them? Well, it uh, it's rare to. I had I had a trip there last Friday night. I took them and no one got sick, so that was uh, that was kind of a big deal to me. That meant a lot to me. Everybody, uh, we had a good time. We caught a few fish and. Uh, yeah, we had a really good time. So when they're not getting sick out there, like it's usually bad luck with them. If my wife gets sick, my 
my daughter gets sick, my son gets sick, and my dog gets sick too out there. So it's uh, it can be pretty pathetic out there sometimes with them. But it's been last Friday was uh, was a bit of a miracle there. <laughs> Very good. That, that stuff can be contagious too. That's right. And, uh, speaking of contagious, you talked about a little bit earlier. Uh, the charters are really kind of shut down in Ontario right yeah. now. What's it been like for you guys in the in the last you know basically fourteen months? I know it went from hey we're not working to being super busy, and now you're not working again. Yeah. What's what's that been like for you guys? So it's been tough for everybody, not just us fishermen. It's it's been tough for everybody, and uh, like everybody's getting a little tired of it. There may be a light, a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel here. So uh, hopefully, this is the last. Uh, Last time we're locked down and uh, we can get back to enjoying life like a, a normal life here and uh, get the vaccination or the vaccines in people's arms and get going here. Ontario uh, Ontario really needs to get going here. We're, uh, we're way behind. Yeah, what is the province saying right now for one day? I know you're battling allergies right now. Yes, I am. <laughs> I don't want people to think you're sitting here battling COVID right now. No, it's you're, not COVID. Not you've COVID. Got, you've got some 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 serious allergies yes. going right now. Yeah. But uh, what are they saying right now for when you guys are going to be able to get out on the water with clients? Uh, right now we're not supposed to open up till phase two. That's looking like uh, July six and uh, six or seventh. So uh, hopefully that changes. Uh, you never know with this government. They change their mind every day. So you, you never know. We could open up tomorrow. We don't know. We don't know. We might be closed for another year. We don't know. So hopefully uh, hopefully soon. Right now, just hang on tight. And, uh, guys, if you're watching, you've got a question for Captain Jamie Shane, please put it in your comment in the comments. And uh, once again, uh, the uh, question of the evening will win a fish hawk swag bag and doesn't matter if you're in canada or the united states we'll get it out to you here's one from kevin solmes on facebook and uh you had talked about this a little bit earlier but uh he talks a little bit more about what's going on here since there's mostly smelt as forage for salmon have you moved towards body baits at all uh yeah i always run body baits and uh you know, my favorite body baits are some my dad had in his box uh, from years ago. The old BBO. It's it's just been crushing fish out there, crushing the cohos. The the original BBO uh, bomber. Uh, that's probably my. I, I always have that one in the water when I'm flatlining. So uh, yeah, body baits are always a go on the boards for sure, Kevin. All right, Ryan Sharp wants to know uh, what's your most productive lead length on the riggers? You go short leads deep, long leads high. How do you base it on clarity? Uh I like finding that dirty, not dirty water, not brown chocolate milk water, but I want to find some of that water that's like, uh, uh, like a greedy iced tea. I want that uh, that water with the nutrients in it, and uh, and I never want to fish the clear water. Um, I want to stay away from that clear water most if I can. Uh, it's tough to stay away from the clear water with the damage the zebra mussels have done, but. Uh, Always looking for that uh, greedy water with some temperature in there, and my leads vary throughout the day, uh, changing them. I don't like running super long leads. Uh, I, I might be five feet off the ball, uh, and I, I might stretch it back as far as 25 feet. But uh, when you have a big spread out there, uh, long leads can kill you. Uh, they, can, they can make a mess of things in a hurry. So uh, try to keep my downrigger leads uh, pretty short. 
All right, Jay Moore, kill another question from YouTube. Wants to know if you're seeing an increase in women interested in charter fishing. Yes. Yes, there is uh, a lot of women uh, uh, getting into fishing and hunting. I'm seeing a lot more of it uh, every day on, on Facebook. I'm seeing a lot more uh, on the 519 Hunting and Fishing is a big page. I've seen a lot of ladies on there uh, fishing and hunting. So, yeah, it's uh, I get a lot of ladies booking charters with their friends. And uh, th those are great. It, it, it's a lot of fun to, to get a... A group of group of women out there on the boat. Uh, it can get pretty crazy out there. All right, we got an update from our friends on YouTube. Three to three now. Holy! <laughs> so we got ourselves a hockey game. Wow. Kurt, Kurt Johnson uh, would like to know what made you want to become a charter captain. <sighs> well, I've always loved the fishing. Uh, like, like I said, that was my life growing up, and I, I kind of got out of it there in my mid-teens, and uh, I don't know, I don't know for whatever reason, I, I started bass fishing a little bit and uh, got way off track there doing that. So uh, probably when I was about 18, 19, I got back into the salmon fishing, and uh, I did really well in a uh, derby we had in Sarnia called the Tournament of Champions. Uh, I did really well on the first day, and... Uh, was sitting pretty for day two and the boat broke down. Uh, some of you might remember that boat. It was called breakdown. That was the name of the boat. And uh, for that reason, it, it always broke down. So uh, yeah, uh, I, I just, I just, I just loved it. And uh, you know, I knew Jim, Jim Fleming uh, was a big name around here growing up. Uh, I always looked up to him and uh, down to Uriel, uh, like, hate to say it, but I looked up to that guy, Paul Powis, a little bit. So uh, learned a lot from them guys over the years and uh, appreciate everything they've done for me. All right, here's another question here. This one's from uh, Blind Osprey. Uh, wants to know, with clear water, is running one or two color lead core something that would be advantageous on downriggers? I try to. I know some guys have had luck with that on the downriggers. Um, that, like I said, if I'm running a charter, like in Canada here, we're only we're allowed to have. It's a little different than America. In the American waters, you're allowed three rods per person. We're allowed two rods per person. So, if I get uh, six people on the boat plus myself, that's fourteen rods out, and uh, even with a group of three or four, that's. That lead core will kind of get get you in trouble, but you know that that'd be something I'd try if I was out with a buddy or something like that. And didn't didn't have to put a lot of rods in the water. Uh, I, I've never tried that, but not saying it wouldn't work. But uh, yeah, I've never tried that. Speaking of buddies, here's uh, Kevin Solms wants to know if it bothers you when he texts you before every trip to Erie to get information. <laughs> no, actually, it, it doesn't bother me at all. It. Uh, I, I love giving info out to anybody who'd ask. Like it's it's a big lake out there. Um, I I'll tell you every tip I can give you. I give you as much anyone as much info as I can give you. Uh, it's a big lake. As long as you give me room out there, not running me over. I've had guys run my planer boards over. That's a no no. But uh, I'll tell you right where I'm going to be. I'll tell anyone right, right where I'm fishing. Uh, just, just give me my room. That's all. That's all I. Uh, 
all I ask. And uh, this kind of kind of leads into the next question from Chad McMichael. He says, Lake Huron is a very vast lake. When fishing out of different ports, where would you begin to start to look for fish? Um, so there's a lot of information on the internet now. So, uh, and social, social media and networking, there's lots of forums, uh, for different ports. Uh, you get a lot of information off the internet. Uh, there's a lot of people posting reports every day, like down to Erie O, uh, Erie O Marina has a website and they post, uh, uh, a fishing report uh, daily, and if and if that fishing report hasn't changed, uh, then it's a, it's a, it's still the same report. So, uh, yeah, just most marinas will have a fishing report, or there'll be some sort of a blog, or uh, you'll be able to find something. But I, I would look for, uh, you know, look at the maps online, look for where your colored water is, look for where your temperature are and temperature is, and uh, and uh, just set up there to start. All right, we're going to get to Lake Erie in a little bit, but uh, we got a couple more questions coming in on Lake Huron. Uh, this one's from Facebook and Tom Reich. He wants to know, are walleye coming back in numbers out of Kettle Point? Because we've been talking salmon mostly, but what about the walleye out of Kettle Point? Well, uh, I think they the, the walleye have always been there. Uh, I talked to Rob at a Kettle Point. He's a, a native guy there that owns a marina, and uh, – he sets nets, of course, and he says his best uh, time is Halloween off uh, Blue Point, which is just a little west of Kettle Point. Uh, he, he says Halloween. He just fills them nets. So, yeah, there's there's walleye, definitely walleye out there. And for it, for whatever reason, they're, they're sometimes tough to catch in numbers. I know the guys uh, that charter out of there in the summer do get the do get a few out of there. Uh, they're, they're definitely there. Like, that river's right full of them. You guys that uh, – the, the fish the St. Clair River, know how many walleye there is there. Like, um, they're out there. All right, here's the one from YouTube and Jay Morkill, and uh, I'm going to soften this question up a little bit. Uh, All right. But uh, what is uh, what was your most difficult experience as a charter captain? Oh, man. Which one? <laughs> it, it, the actual exact wording of this question is, what's your worst ever experience on a charter? Oh, Oh man, I'm trying to think. There's been a few for sure. I don't know if I want to discuss them or not, but uh, I don't know about my worst experience on the trip. It might have been that Morkill's charter out here. That guy that was asking the question. It might have been his trip out. Well, let's let's do this. Let's make this question a little bit because I don't want to put you on the spot and, and make you identify somebody. But what are some things if someone is taking a charter for the first time? or going out maybe for the third or fourth, fifth time, whatever, what are some things that you shouldn't do if you're going to go on a charter? Well, you absolutely should not get drunk the night before. That's a big no-no. You, you want to get a good night's rest. Uh, some people, it's good to have food in their belly, uh, but I've seen that food in the water or on my deck lots of times in the morning early too, so maybe that isn't a good idea for some people, but... Uh, I'd say just get a good night's rest uh, and keep hydrated and uh, yeah, to make sure you take some gravel always before you come, at least at least an hour before you get on the boat because I don't know how many people I get uh, tell me, oh, I've been on a boat tons of times, I've never got sick. Well, you've never been on a charter boat, uh, never been trolling in the waves, uh, usually when you 
say you've been on a boat, it's usually water skiing or stopping and starting and jumping off, swimming and doing whatever, having fun. But uh, trolling's a little different. Uh, so I, I recommend everybody, every customer takes the gravel, it, it, natural gravel they got out there. It doesn't make you drowsy and feel crappy. So uh, yeah, I recommend everybody take brings the gravel. Something to, to help prevent seasickness. Absolutely. So, Jamie, you kind of start typically in a typical year, and obviously not this year, but you you start on Huron, yes, and then, and then you make your way to Lake Erie. Yes. What is it? What is it about the time of year? What are you looking for, and what kind of makes that happen? I guess. Why do you make that switch? So, Lake Huron, you will catch fish all year long. Um, uh, the salmon uh, it could become. I, I find spring in Lake Huron is the best time to catch the salmon out there. They do catch a lot of salmon in the summer too. Uh, I just it's more action and eerie for me. Uh, I can put a lot, a lot more fish on the boat down there. Uh, a lot of walleye, uh, a lot of steelhead. Uh, you're, you're always, you're always catching something, whether it's a sheephead or silver bass. Uh, the rods are usually always going, and, and you can put uh, the fish in the boat pretty quick down there. Uh, this year, they're, we're going to have some nice sized fish this year. And that makes it great for your clients on those rods. They're always pounding. Uh, here's a question from YouTube and Darren Scott. And this is from early in the evening. Uh, I was wanted to wait till we got to the Lake Erie before we asked this question. He says yep. he fishes Erie and he's looking to improve his spread. I target walleye, but want to get more rainbows. What would you suggest? <sighs> well, you got to get a fish hawk, Darren. Um, you want them rainbows, you got to find the temperature. So, in order to find that temperature down there, you're going to need to get your wallet out and get one of them fish hawks. They are the key to catching the rainbow or steelhead in Erie or Lake Erie period. You got to find that temperature break that, uh, you know, that high 50, low 60 degree water. Uh, you got to find that break. You got to find the bait. Um, and pretty much uh, there's no different tactics. Like you can run the same walleye spoon spread uh and, and catch catch the rainbow so you got to find that temperature so you got to get a fish hawk all right that's a uh, next question this is i got a feeling i know what the answer is going to be sean mcpherson uh wants to know how often do you depend on water temperature to find your fish always always uh you know we can we get a little lazy sometimes and uh Go without the fish hawk uh, for walleye because they'll they'll handle the warmer water a little bit more than the other species. Uh, but uh, early in the spring, you know, I, I'm looking for any little temperature change, like e even if it's one or two degrees, those fish will sometimes be in that little bit of warmer water, even if it is like a degree or two. Um, yeah, always using the fish hawk uh, for the temperature for sure, especially in Erie, looking for them uh, them steelhead too. All right, Jonathan Kowalski from YouTube wants to know, what do you look for in a rod if you're just starting to fill your boat? Do you have a favorite brand? Well, I'm yeah, Okuma. I, I'm sponsored by Okuma and Team Canada Pro. Um, Okuma's been really good to me. Um, they have everything for the beginner angler all the way up to the advanced angler. Um, they, have, they have great gear. Um, it's all reasonably priced. Um, so, yeah, I would start there. Get out there and get yourself some Okuma stuff. 
What what should that uh, what should Jonathan look for in the rod? Uh, oh, in a rod uh, yeah. depends what you're looking for, right? So if you're looking for a dipsy rod, you're going to want a, a medium heavy action rod, um, something with a little bit of backbone on it uh, for them dipsies. Um, if you go into your taco shop, they have Okuma, it'll say dipsy diver right on the rod. So they'll have a uh, uh, 10 foot six dipsy rods and eight foot six. So if you're just starting out, I'd probably get the, the 10 and a half footers and just get two of them and run one out each side of the boat. Uh, your riggers, I like using a little bit of a lighter action rod, like a medium light, uh, like an eight, eight, six rod. Maybe a nine-footer on the riggers. I like to feel the fish a little more with them light-action rods. How about on your planer boards? Who are you running on those? Planer boards, I'm running the, uh, uh, what are these? He's drawing a blank here. Anyway, they're planer board rods for Okuma. Like like I said, uh, they'll say planer board right on the side of them. Um, they're about a seven-and-a-half-foot two-piece, I believe. All right. There's another one from Kevin. He says uh, copper was pretty hot a few years ago. Are you still running it? Do you think it's worth the effort? Yeah. Uh, so I switched over to the torpedo, uh, the weighted steel. Um, it'll get you to the same depth as the copper. As uh, many of you know, the copper can be a pain in the butt sometimes. Uh, it can kink up on you. It can kink up really good, and uh, you can break fish off of it pretty easy. Uh, that uh, torpedo divers has that 19 strand wire or the seven strand wire and it does it's very very hard to kink and it'll get you down to the same sinking rate as the copper so uh yeah looking to try and that that's i know that's big on the other lakes uh works on the other lakes it's got to work here so here's another one back on rods it's uh from freer 37 on youtube and he says, do you recommend using the cold water edition over the Magda model? Um, yes. For what for what I do, uh, the cold water is uh, a little higher end reel. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the Magdas at all. Um, you know, for what I do, I'm fishing sometimes four, five, six, seven days a week. So uh, I'm putting a lot of wear and tear on them reels and them drags, so uh, I stick to the cold waters and the newer convectors. Uh, the Magdas, they'll do the job just fine. They'll stick with them. They'll do the, they're easy on the wallet, and uh, they'll do the same thing. Uh, here's another one from YouTube. How long before you've had no action on a rod do you uh, go to change bait? Uh, so that depends. Uh, I'm not a big bait switcher upper on Lake Erie. Lake Huron, you'll see me changing more lures more often. Uh, I know what works in Lake Erie. Uh, usually got a good spread out there. Uh, that Jerry Lee uh, is, is, is our favorite spoon in Lake Erie. Uh, so that's always out there. And if that's not catching fish, then pretty much nothing else is going to catch fish. Or you'll, you'll maybe go to a purple if the orange isn't working. So Check out Great Lake Spoons, uh, glspoons.com. I designed a lure this year. Uh, it's called the Sporty Lee, and it's a take on the uh, Jerry Lee. It's got a little purple, and it's got the orange of the Jerry Lee, because I find when uh, the Jerry Lee's not working, I switch to purple, so why not mix the two? I think that, that, uh, that lure is going to be lights out, so check that out at uh, Great Lake Spoons. 
All right. We're speaking of spoons. Here's one from Rich Smith. He wants to take us back to Kettle Point. And I'm going to change up his question a little bit because I want right. I do want to put you on a spot on this one. And I'm going to ask you if All you right. only fish with one spoon for salmon out of Kettle Point, what's that spoon going to be? What's that spoon going to be? Well, <laughs> it's got it's got to be the monkey puke. That's uh, that's always the go-to lure out there. It'll catch salmon. It'll catch Lakers. It'll catch uh, rainbows. It'll catch everything. So, gotta say the old monkey puke. <laughs> Go with the monkey. Go puke. with the monkey puke. Rich. All right, uh, Dan Crane. What benefits do the torpedo divers have over normal sweat snap weights, other than the streamlined shape? I don't know because I don't use them. Uh, I try to stay away from the, the torpedo divers. When I'm sure they work fine if you're just running a couple rods. But like I said, I'm always usually running a pretty big spread. So uh, I don't really use the uh, torpedo divers that much. But you do use their weighted steel. All right. Uh, let's talk about Lake Erie some more. You, uh, you're out of Erio. Tell us a little bit about that port and what's so good about it. Uh, so Erio is uh, just an amazing little village. Uh, there's only one way in and one way out, so don't get caught. Don't be drinking and driving in that town because they'll, they'll nail you. So you're only one way in, one way out. So you're you're staying there if you're drinking. Um, so it's the it's in the central basin of Lake uh, Lake Erie. Uh, most of the walleye start early in the year in Leamington. Um, and I, I used to fish at Leamington, but with COVID and all the other stuff, uh, last year we a lot of us didn't go to Leamington, and we didn't really have to because the fish uh, were in Erie already. So typically early in the year, uh, the walleye fishing starts down at the Western Basin at Colchester and Leamington. They stage there, and as the water warms up, this comes back to temperature again, um, those bigger walleye uh, will will move to the east uh, off Wheatley and they usually set up and hang out around Erie all summer in the deeper, deeper, colder waters. Uh, the smaller fish will hang out in the warmer waters of Leamington a little bit longer, but uh, they always make their way to Erie. You got to be in Erie. That's, uh, that's where it's at in Lake Erie. When is the best time of year to go after steelhead out of Erie? That's a tough question. So, um, I think they like a lot of the steelhead we're catching are stocked in the states, and I know they had cut back on the stocking a little bit. Uh, but last year we hammered them about the. Geez, trying to think, it was about the first three weeks of August. It was maybe the end, last part of July. It was about three weeks there. We had them going just crazy. Like we were getting 50, 60 hits a, a trip. Like and, you know, you only get half of them steelhead hits, but uh, we were smoking the fish down, smoking the steelhead. So that all depends on the bait and the water temperature. Uh, but I would say, you know, <clears throat> you're always going to get the odd steelhead. Like every trip last year, I got one or two, but when they come in heavy, it's tough to say, but I would say usually around the first of August. All right. I knew that was going to spur a couple of questions. I had one coming back for you. And that is uh, how do you improve that, that hookup rate. How do you uh, set your – I don't even want to say set your no, hook. No, you don't set the hooks. Yeah, don't want to say set your hook, but how do you improve that that ratio of getting those fish to the net? So for a steelhead, I, those that have fished with me know all my lures have uh, Mustad Ultra Point uh, Siwash uh, open eye hook on them. 
a size two. Um, that's just my preference. And uh, I think that uh, that helps with uh, the hookups of the fish. A lot of these spoon companies, are, they're putting not great lake spoons. And I'm not just saying that because they sponsor me. They put good hooks on their spoons. But some of the other brands have weak hooks. And you got to switch them out after one or two fish sometimes. And I just don't find it it's worth uh, losing a fish over a bad hook. So spend the extra money and uh, put a better hook on them. So get, get yourself some good open eye uh, side wash hooks. So good hooks equal more fish in the boat. Absolutely. Sharp hooks. How about uh, running patterns when you troll? And you, I mean, I know finding these steelhead are, is tough. A lot of times you got to put some miles on. So when you find right. them, are you turning back around on them? Are you trying to replicate what you did? How does that work? Absolutely. So when you get on them, you don't want to troll out of them, right? But you don't want to – sometimes we'll get comfortable on a downhill uh, westerly uh, troll. Uh, the waves blowing us to the west and – we're almost in Detroit, which is uh, a long ways away. You get pretty comfortable there. So I like to keep my runs uh, like a mile, maybe two miles max on a line and uh, just keep working that same line. And that, again, the fish hawk comes in handy there because you might be doing two-mile-an-hour trolling or 2.4-mile-an-hour trolling west, and you're doing 3.4-mile trolling east, and you're not catching anything. So you want to – do what you can to get that same speed uh, that they were biting at. So that fish hawk really helps you out. Yeah, knowing that down speed, especially when you're going to be making a lot of turns and coming back over the top, is it's a big deal. Knowing huge, that. huge. It's something that uh, I think a lot of the new guys to this sport need to understand. That yeah, for sure. All right, here's another one from YouTube. Uh, do your knee, do your spoons need to have split rings, or can you get away with direct swivel connections? <sighs> You don't need the split rings. You, you can use it. I, you know, I like hooking onto a split ring, but you, you don't need them. You don't need them. All right, Jamie. Uh, before we talk tonight, you uh, said you wanted to kind of have an opportunity to talk about some of the, the partners that you're working with. Tell us right. about some of those companies you're working with. So uh, this year I've been lucky enough to pick up a few more sponsors. Um these guys right here, So Shore Fishing, or this is clothing company. This is their fishing brand. Uh, you can check them out at, there's a shirt, uh, SouthShoreCo.com or the Facebook page, South Shore Co. Uh, Great Lakes Spoons. They got a couple here. And a few laying around the house here. These got these spoons are unbelievable, guys. Check them out. Great Lakes Spoons. Um, they stand behind their product. Uh, there's another one that's a Kevorki in there. Uh, glspoons.com there. You can see that. Oh, here we go here. Glspoons.com. They have some real good deals online, and uh, they're one of the only spoon companies I know that will stand behind their product. So uh, if you're not happy with that lure in a year, send it back. They'll give you another one. So I guarantee you won't have any problem. I've been using these for a few years, even before they sponsor me. Um, their finish stays on. You're not going to get a fish bite it and the paint's going to come off. They they paint their lures really, really well, and they have tons of colors out there. So uh, check them out, uh, greatlakespoons.com there. Uh, also, Okuma uh, and Team Canada Pro. Um, 
I'm a member or part of that team there. So they've been really good to me. And uh, Liquid Mayhem, if you want lake trout, get anything with garlic in this Liquid Mayhem. It's more of a bass bait, but they have so many different flavors. Get the garlic stuff. The lake trout love it for some reason. Put it on all your lures. Liquidmayhem.com. That's all. That's all. Uh, here's actually uh, another question just came in from Rich Smith, and I think yep. uh, this will be a really uh, interesting answer. All right. Uh, what's the speed you troll for trout and walleye? In uh, Erie, uh, depends on the day, depends on that current, right? So I'd like to say I like around 2.6, around there, 2.7, 2.8 maybe. Uh, some days we're, we're, they're hitting hot and we're getting them going three mile an hour or more. So uh just mess with that speed, see what they like. Uh, just fiddle around with that speed. Find find the speed that they like and uh, get yourself a fish hawk because the speed up top is not always the same below. That's a big thing for you guys that are getting into salmon and, and trolling and stuff like that for walleye, salmon, trout, anything. That fish hawk's going to help you out a ton. It's worth yeah. money, worth every penny. That's the follow-up. Is that that speed? Is that your speed over ground there? Or is that your lure speed? Yeah, so on average, I like my my lure speed around two six, but uh, you're, to to achieve that, sometimes you're doing three and a half mile an hour, and you'd never guess that you'd have you wouldn't you wouldn't fish that fast to, to, without the fish hawk telling you what you're doing down below. So it, it's I tell you, it's expect they're they're a little pricey, but uh, get your get one on your boat. It's a game changer. Yeah, I think it's it's also and and you didn't bring it up, but a lot of the captains I've talked to. Uh, always will say this too is it's not necessarily the speed that those fish can can swim. I mean they could they could probably hit it if it's going twenty right. an hour. But it's the lure action. The lure action that that was what you're trying to trying to get and dial. That's right. Speed. That's right. Cool, Jamie. Is there something that uh, I didn't ask you about tonight that you really wanted to talk about? Uh I think we got it all. I think we got it all. So you guys can. Uh, Check out my Facebook page, Sporty Two Charters. Uh, I do have a website that I hardly ever touch. It's, it's uh, probably a few years old. Last time I updated it, so uh, most of the work's done on my Facebook page, Sporty Two Charters. Um, yeah, you can get a hold of me there and uh, set up your charter. All right, you can yeah, you can find Jamie Sporty Two Charters on Facebook, and uh, we've got that link on our Facebook page as well right now. Uh, we're going to name our winner tonight, and tonight's going to be a YouTube winner, and we're going to give that one to Jay Morkill. Not uh, not because – that's some pretty good questions, but just yeah. a lot a lot of good questions, volume. But I will – I kind of want to deduct that we're probably going to take a few things out of that package because uh, Jay Morkill did say that the Leafs were done. That's right. And, uh, they right. and tied it up. So they were wrong on the prediction there about the Leafs, but uh, very active tonight uh, yeah. on the show. So appreciate that. Appreciate everybody coming on. And of course, Jamie, we really appreciate your time this evening and coming on and sharing some of your expertise with our audience. Great. Thanks a lot. All right. For Jamie Shane, I'm Chris Larson. Thanks for watching and thanks for listening. If you're listening to this on the uh, Great Lakes Fishing Podcast, you can find it on iTunes, your uh, Apple Podcast now these days, on Spotify, on Stitcher, wherever you find your podcast. Thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. 
For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.